I'm Effie Parks. Welcome to Once Upon a Jane, the podcast. This is a place I created for us to connect and share the stories of our not-so-typical lives. Raising kids who are born with rare genetic syndromes and other types of disabilities can feel pretty isolating. What I know for sure is that when we can hear the triumphs and challenges from others who get it, we can find a lot more laughter, a lot more hope, and feel a lot less alone. I believe there are some magical healing powers that can happen for all of us through sharing our stories, and I'll take all the help I can get. Once Upon a Gene is proud to be part of Bloodstream Media. Living in a family affected by rare and chronic illness can be isolating, and sometimes the best medicine is connecting to the voices of people who share your experience. This is why Bloodstream Media produces podcasts, blogs, and other forms of content for patients, families, and clinicians impacted by rare and chronic diseases. Visit bloodstreammedia.com to learn more. Hello, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for being with me today. I haven't mentioned our Discord group lately. Discord is an app that you can download on your phone or you can even access it via desktop. It's a private chat room with a bunch of super cool friends in the rare disease community. There are topic threads on self-care, mental health, IEPs, hospital hacks, all the things. And I'd love for you to join if you want a little more engagement and meet some people. The link will be in the show notes. It's our rare and relatable chat on Discord. So lots of you know, I take Ford to Los Angeles every year to get intensive therapy at Napa Center. It's the best thing ever for him. And the three weeks make more of an impact than an entire year's worth of weekly therapy. I think all of our kids should be prescribed intensives on top of or in place of their regular therapies. But getting this therapy, however, is quite difficult. The wait lists are long and travel's involved for most people. And those wait lists are long because there just aren't enough of these types of centers out there. And speaking of needing more, today I'm talking with two awesome women. One, Mama, to this handsome little crew who has Tub 3. She was desperately trying to get him on lists and flew him across the country for a session and also noticed what a difference it made for her son and that he needed to keep doing it. And like most of us, she was like, I wish we had a center here. I'm going to have one. I'm going to start it. And guess what? She did. So thank goodness for her. It's in Spring Hill, Tennessee, and it's just really exciting. It's called Climb Intensive. And also on the show today, she's joined with her dear friend and lead physical therapist who has been there every step of the way to make this center happen. You're going to love them. And I hope this will be a center that many of you can access. The more the merrier. And they're just doing amazing work with a big fat heart behind it. Please enjoy my conversation with Jesse Klein and Aaron Garrison. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Jesse. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having us. Hi. I'm looking forward to it. We have a lot of stuff to cover. So first, I want to hear about the celebrity that brought us all together. Tell us about your little guy. Well, he's the sweetest, cutest little guy ever, but um, he was born in January of 2020, so right before the world shut down on January 23rd. We found out when I was about 20 weeks pregnant with crew that he was missing his corpus callosum. And so we kind of didn't really know what that meant. We did a lot of kind of fell into the Google rabbit hole and looking for answers. We found different Facebook groups, which were great and very helpful. But we kind of what we discovered was that it was 
going to be a spectrum as far as is it going to affect him mildly? You know, doctors said like there's some people walking around without their corpus callosum now, you would know it. Or is he going to be on the further end of things where he would be pretty affected? But we still kind of didn't really know what that meant for us. Once he was born, we could kind of tell that there seemed to be like a visual delay. Like we felt like it was hard to explain, but it felt like when we were looking at him, crew wasn't looking at us. It felt more like he was kind of looking through us. And still, even at that point, we were talking to our doctors and bringing it up. And they were like, well, no, the corpus callosum, it doesn't even have to do with his, with the vision. And I wish I would have known what I know now. Still trying to push for some answers. But then finally, within like a few months, we finally convinced them like we need to have an eye specialist. And they told us, okay, yeah, we think he has um, septo-optic dysplasia too which is where like your optic nerve hasn't quite developed all the way and definitely fully visually impaired. So that was kind of a whole other thing we had to let sink in. And they kind of told us too, like there's different hormones that can be affected with that. So you'll need to see endocrinologists and kind of things just started piling up to be like, okay, I guess you think everything's going to be okay. I think it's just like human nature. Like you're kind of like, okay, well, I know what this is going to be, but well, we won't, that won't really happen to us. But then it was like, wow. I'm starting to see like each worst case scenario is starting to happen. We kind of got into early intervention. We started that process. That's where we met Aaron, which was great. And around the one year mark, crew started having infantile spasms. So I'm sorry, I get like emotional when I talk about this. It was a really hard time because basically like they started him on um, like steroids to start working on the spasms to get them calmed down. And it was just a horrible time because if you've ever had to have like your kid on steroids, you know, like the roid rage and all of those things are very true. He's <laughs> like just really angry. He was losing lots of like his progress that he was making, like any of the progress we've made before during our therapy, it kind of seemed to be like going away. And it felt like he was like the shell of himself. He just got really like, obviously like uncomfortable and puffy and he just would sleep or scream all the time. Luckily, we were kind of able to get that under control. But at that time, it was just like, what is going on? Like, there seems to be more than just his corpus callosum. We met with more doctors. Unfortunately, that did get us hooked up with some, I wouldn't say like better, but kind of better neurologists that we were meeting with. And they were like, you know, we need to look at his MRI from when he was originally first born. Like, let's look at that because all we, all the reports ever really said was that it just verified that his corpus callosum was missing. So when we sat down together, they were like, hey, you know, we looked through this and there was a lot more going on than what had originally kind of been portrayed to you. So they said, yeah, of course that's missing. But basically, if you look at any area of Cruz's brain, they're all like a little bit misshapen, a little bit malformed. His pituitary gland is a lot smaller than it should have been. Even his brain stem itself. Then they kind of threw out there that, you know, there's all supposed to be a lot of ridging on his brain and it's very smooth, a lot different than we thought. They were like, you know, we think that this could be less encephaly, but it's something that we will confirm as he gets a little bit older. So they just kind of like threw that at us and we're like, whoa, like, how did we not know this before? And, you know, they kind of just started saying, you know, he probably won't ever sit, probably won't ever walk. He probably doesn't understand what you're saying to him. You know, we can't tell you how long he'll live and that I just needed to wait and see. And it just felt like every time we ever met with a doctor from the very beginning to now it's always been wait and see just keep doing what you're doing and there was never any I guess direction and I think that that's something that happens to so many families is it's just wait and see 
was the greatest thing ever was that when I met with Erin, she was like, she was there just for a session and I was telling her what happened and like, I'll never forget. I was sitting in like this little gray rocker that's like cruise rail and I was holding him and telling her like, what if I lose my baby? Like, you know, like, what am I going to do? And she was like holding Cruz's hand and she was holding my hand. And she told me like, you've got to get him into an intensive, like, crew needs more than just what we're all giving him like he was having multiple therapies a week but she was like this is what I used to do I worked at a rehab like crew needs the best shot and he needs as much therapy as he can get going he needs like you know that those quicker results and it just opened up this whole world to me of like wait a minute somebody's actually telling me there could be an option to help him like it's not like just sit and let's just keep doing this it was like okay like she literally was holding my hand and telling me here's what you need to do and so that was a really long-winded answer <laughs> no I could listen I could listen to this story all day because I yeah know exactly how it goes you know there's so much of what your story that I know literally thousands of people just nodded their head along to the wait and see stuff right so not useful yeah. and so diminishing of all of our worries and plans of action and then all the stuff yeah. of the he might not or he probably won't like that stuff isn't useful either that doesn't serve us all that does is no. scar us for life I know that it sears into our hearts and we sometimes we even are just throughout our day and we'll hear those those sentences right just randomly right and then having a little baby in the pandemic yeah lots of yeah. stuff lots of stuff going on there Jesse and it's funny that I'm talking to you and your dear Aaron today because I just released a little episode with early intervention therapists because we know how much they mean to us. And we know that they're the first line of people that really, truly see what our life is like. You know, they're in our homes and they're seeing yeah. our hearts like ripped open and they're there for you. It's just such a beautiful thing. And I'm so glad you had Aaron and have Aaron yeah. for those moments because you mentioned too, like, how did I not know this? How could you? None of us know that. But it does kind of make you feel like, wow, I'm so good at so many things. How am I such a bad advocate right off the bat? But it's like, <laughs> right? you don't know what you don't know. Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah. And that's like everyone tells you at the very beginning. They're like, you're going to have to advocate. And I'm like, okay, like, what does that mean? <laughs> you know? Like, totally. And you don't realize like, wow, you really, really do. But you do. You need those resources. Like I told my husband from the very beginning, I was like, Aaron, like this new, this new PT we have, like, it's like I finally have someone who's speaking my language. She gets it. And like, I didn't have anything like that before, you know? Oh yeah, girl, I know. Let's talk to Erin. Erin, welcome. And I'm so glad that Jesse and crew has you. Tell us a little bit about yourself and why early intervention. Yeah, um, thank you for having me. I've been a PT for 12 years now. Um, have always worked in pediatrics. I am just drawn to children. The thing that keeps me wanting to stay in the pediatric field is the fact that children are just incredibly resilient. They could have all the odds stacked against them. And I have the joy and honor of getting to watch miracles happen every day, getting to watch kids do something that doctors have told families they'll never do. And that's something I'll never get over. The fact that I get to be a part of a child and a family's life in that way. I have always 
really been interested in neurorehab. That's the majority of where my career has been. And so honestly, early intervention is not something that I sought out. It's not something that I wanted to do, but enter the pandemic. And so I had been transitioning between jobs, had planned to, to move right when the world shut down. But that brought me to Tennessee. And at the time, you know, most of the hospitals were on lockdown. And so that's what took me into early intervention. And like I said, it wasn't something that I sought out. It wasn't something I originally wanted, but it was something that was a real game changer for me in that, you know, I see these families in the clinic, right? I see them in the hospital, but to see them in their homes is a completely different dynamic. To get to see what their day in and day out life looks like, what their family interactions look like, and meet them right where they're at. And that's when and how I met Jesse and crew. And a lot of my early intervention families really impacted me by just getting to really become a part of the family in a different way than I ever had as a therapist in a different setting. Mm, I love that. It changes the game when you become a person in their life, right? And when mm-hmm. you're in their setting. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. What, what was it about little crew or his mom or his dad that really made you just feel that connection? And I mean, built this beautiful friendship that you have now. Crew was one of the very first patients I got assigned to when I started working in early intervention. And so I met him right off the bat. And I remember the very first time I walked into the house, Jesse had warned me before I got there. She was like, you know, my sisters are probably going to be here and stuff like that. And like, it truly was that way. I walked in and the aunts and the cousins and stuff were all sitting on the couch, just every single one of them, like watching my every move and what I was doing crew. And it was just the whole family was completely invested in learning about crew, learning how to best help crew, how to best support crew. And I could just tell they were eating up my every word which is intimidating, but I just also knew that they were that invested. They cared that much. And yes, you get families that are invested, but this was just a whole new level that I hadn't seen. And as Jesse has shared, they kind of just got hit over and over with, oh, Andy has this. Oh, Andy has that. And to just watch her process that, but never lose hope and never give up fighting and just always just what can we do what what do we do next how do we help him it impacted me in such a profound way and so they are near and dear and like family to me now mm. I feel like I'm watching that moment in my head like a movie the entire family there Jesse, was there any experience or exposure to kids like crew before he came along or was there any sort of disconnect with your family about it or how did how did they just come and circle around you and join in on the fight to help him like so robustly we've never had um really the exposure to a kid that had a disability really like growing up or anything like that but my family's always been very like tight-knit and we've have gone through losses and things and so i think that it's always been a matter of if so-and-so is going through something, like we rally around them. And so it's just sort of like, even we've had, you know, like family members that have had cancer or this or that. And like my parents could pick up and move or they'd be like, we need to get them into this clinic, you know, like, but I mean, it's just always been like a tribe that's like, all right, we're going to figure this out. Like, and so it was a scary thing at the beginning of the pandemic because like my parents are older, so they weren't able to like, be around quite as much you know and like they wanted to be but like yeah I mean, my sisters and my kids and 
now, of course, my family's, my parents are around there too. And yeah, I mean, they've been a really, like, I feel very, very lucky that they try as hard as they possibly can to get it. Yeah, that's really special. Yeah. And especially in a time like that, where people weren't really able to see each other. I love that you yeah. just kind of made that bubble because that support yeah. so important when, when you yeah. have a kid like crew, because it's a super isolating and really daunting existence, yeah. especially in the beginning. It, it actually worked out like amazingly too, because me and my sister ended up buying a house, like maybe at two blocks away from each other. Oh. I don't know. It was probably crew was right about that one year mark. It was right around the time that his infantile spasms hit. And so it was just like, that's exactly what we were able to do. We were able to like really create just like that close bubble and they're there anytime we need them. Yeah. Yes. You're so lucky. Yeah. So what happened? I mean, the two of you have obviously developed a business that we'll talk about in a little bit, but what was happening at home with your early intervention therapy that you were providing Aaron and what was going on with crew that inspired you both to take his therapy to the next level? Well, so she told me that we needed to go, obviously. And so we started trying to find a place, which of course, like you've got the big guys like Napa and stuff like that. When we're like, oh, great. I'll reach out to them. It's like, oh, wait, there's like a really long wait list. <laughs> you know, got everybody logged in trying to get a spot. And so, but at least through them, we were able to get kind of like, a, hey, here's what, here's what we would recommend for crew. What if you guys do get in, you know, they give you kind of your idea and so I kind of had shown Erin, like, here, like, you know, does this look good? And she's like, yeah. And so I kind of was trying to search for programs that were similar. And so we did find, like, a smaller one that was right in, Baker in Bakersfield, California. Great program. They're called LEAP. And they offered BME, which is much like the DMI stuff. And so we're like, okay, like, this kind of makes sense that this would be the place that we would go. Um, and Erin, you can chime in on, like, why you were kind of wanting him to go and stuff, too. As probably most of you guys know, the early intervention model is very much a kind of model of train the parents to do the therapy and equip them. And while I was educating Jesse and her husband on what to do with crew and how to work with him, and I was seeing him twice a week, which is like a big deal in early intervention. You usually are limited to once a week at the highest frequency, but I just knew that at the rate that I could see him, it would take him forever to just make some gains. And so, like I said, I just, I could see the potential in crew. He was responding to what I was doing with him. I knew, I knew that he was clicking. I knew that he was picking up. I knew that he was aware of what we were doing. And I was just like, he, he needs that intensive model to kind of jumpstart and really boost him so that we can really continue to build on that. I just, in the early intervention setting, I couldn't provide that. And so I was like, I know that he'll respond to this. I just, unfortunately, I can't offer it. So we got to get you somewhere that can. I wish I knew about it at, when Ford was that young. I didn't know about Napa until... Yeah, I think until after he was three and then I was on a waiting list as well. I love Napa. They're my people. And thanks for oh, shouting yeah. out Leap. I'll put them in our yeah. show notes too, because I feel like there just needs to be so many of these facilities and resources available to families. And we need to know about it yep. before, before they're kicked out of birth to three, because like yeah. you said, when they're so little and you can do so much with their body, it's such an important time to be getting that type of therapy for them. Yeah, huge. And that's what I really appreciated about Aaron too, is like, I mean, crew didn't have like a huge tolerance to therapy. He hated it. Like, but she was like, he can do it. And there was other therapists or doctors kind of in my ear kind of being like, he's little, you really shouldn't do this right now. And, you know, give it time. But she was like, 
he could do it. You know what I mean? And like, I needed that. Like I needed that push of like, go and do it. And it was, it was amazing. Like we got there and this kid who would scream through, you know, an hour of therapy a couple times a week, like he was upset some, but he was like, I mean, he was pushing through and I was seeing him like so much stronger than I'd ever seen. I was like, oh my God, like he can do that. He can like bear weight. He can, you know, like he was coming alive and it wasn't even so much that like, oh, we started crawling when we left, but it was like the cognitive abilities even that it opened up were so incredible. It was like, I was getting to see like who he was, like his, like he came alive. And like, it really was like this life-changing experience for us. Yes, I totally know what you mean, especially with the cognitive door that opens. Yeah. I remember just seeing confidence for the first time because he was powering through something, right? And it always takes a therapist who pushes them more and who doesn't let them kind of lax, even though it's hard and they hate it, Yeah. but who pushes them for all the right reasons because they get so proud of themselves. Yeah. And it's amazing. Erin, can you tell us about the idea and the science behind intensive therapy versus going to your PT once a week? Yeah, so intensive in general is, yeah, doing two to three hours of therapy every day, five days a week for several weeks at a time. And honestly, if you just think about it from a logical standpoint of if you go to the gym once a week versus if you go to the gym for hours at a time every day, you're going to see that that big change. Like, yes, going once a week, you will make progress. You will, you know, progress along, but you're just not going to have that impact that you have if you dedicate and go intentionally for a couple hours a day, every day for weeks at a time. And so that is the belief behind the intensive model is that when you go at that intense level, yes, it is hard, but you see results that sometimes could take a year to gain if you're only doing it once a week. So it's that level of giving the brain repetition, giving the brain challenge, giving the brain novel activities to really just stimulate and wake it up and turn it on and help build new neural pathways. That's just not going to happen when you're only doing 30 minutes to an hour one time a week, that you're not going to get that repetition and that novel challenge to stimulate the brain in a new way. Totally. Yeah. I, I think all of our kiddos with, ex, with extreme disabilities need to be in intensive therapy. Like it needs to be part of their program once a week. Doesn't cut it period. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So you tried to get into Napa, no go there. You got into, yeah. you flew across the country to Bakersfield and Aaron's been working with crew and then you get back and then what, what's your guys's big idea? So I will have to say like what, something else that was so special to me like when we were at leap and like that really stood out was like it was therapy for crew but for me like getting to have like this safe space where like I was seeing these other moms come in and like they're bringing their kids in and it was like we could just look at each other and like we got it you know what I mean and like our kids were sitting on the floor together and they're not verbal but like they're together and they're like interacting it was so therapeutic to me like it was this like magical thing to have like this I'm looking at these moms and I'm like wow you're ahead of me and like you're okay like you're making it you look good you've had another baby you know like you're like I'm gonna be okay and like so I was like I can't lose this community so when I got back home like or I was texting Aaron while I was there and I was like we have to do this like (laughs) you have to learn how to do DMI like we have to do this and so 
I mean, like as soon as we landed, basically, I'm like, hey, but for real, I'm like, I was serious. I really want to do this. You're like, I'm going to pay for your school. (laughs) What do we need to do? And so she came over and like, we're on my back porch and we kind of like got notebooks out and we were like, what would your vision be? And she's like, what would your vision be? And like, we just, we have like this thing with each other where we usually can kind of finish each other's sentences. And like, I don't know, we always kind of, we were like, this is perfect because she cares so much about like her craft and what she does. And I care so much about making this like a special place for the parents and for the kids. And like, we just, we don't even care if it stays tiny like this. We just want it to be the best experience and like the best care. And whether somebody comes to climb or they go to leap or a hundred other places. I just want there to be a hundred other places. Like I just want the kids to have this because it like, it is everything. And like, you know, I didn't really even mention this before, but Cruz like genetic disorder, like his spot that is like his gene where it's at is like the only one. So it's like, I don't, you know, I don't have like a, for sure, like a crystal ball and nobody does that's in this world, but like, we have to have these therapies because it's the best shot for our kiddos. Yes. And I love yeah. that you brought up the the part about the community as a mom and finally being around other kids like crew and just feeling safe and feeling hopeful in seeing other yeah. people d- on different journeys, but maybe a little ahead of you and just finally feeling like you belong somewhere. There's nothing like yeah. that. No, I mean, it's like everything to us. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bonus. It's a bonus when you take your kids to this, when you, when you yeah. realize that it's not just for him. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's the thing. If you have your online tribe, you know, like I definitely have like a little tribe of girls that I can like pick up WhatsApp at any time of the day and like send the messages and that's like the world. But yeah, like when you can experience it in person and like, it's just so beautiful for you and your kid. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So tell me about climb. Tell me about, tell me how long have you been open? What are your programs that you're running? How do people get in? How far are you booked out now? Are you people with the waiting list now? Because we're all <laughs> trying to get this done. <laughs> go ahead, Erin. Go. So we opened our doors in January of this year, kind of end of January. And we had the same, like, we're opening a business still kind of in the pandemic. Is this a smart idea? Is this wise? Like, what are we doing? But like Jesse said, when we started talking about it, we just kind of said, like, as long as it makes sense and the doors keep opening, we're going to keep pursuing. And it's, I could sit here and tell a thousand stories of how we would be like, what are we going to do about this? And then within 24 hours, an answer would fall into our laps without us even doing anything. And so it just made sense to to pursue this and open the doors and so we opened in January and of course like figuring out scheduling figuring out marketing figuring out how to get the word out there it did take a moment but we were we just let it happen like we just kind of trusted it trusted the process and let word of mouth spread and now we're pretty much booked out for the year I think we only have like six spots yeah, for the rest of the year <laughs> and so we we offer right now the DMI therapy as well as PT. We have been on the hunt and searching really hard to get speech and feeding therapy as the next thing that we'll offer as well. And then we will eventually bring on OT so that we can have all the services. So we're working hard. Jesse has the entrepreneurial mind. I do not. And so she's the one that's already like thinking like, okay, in you know, so many months we need to have this and we I want to bring on this and stuff. So I'm glad I, 
I have her because that's not my mind. I can just like dig in with what I'm doing and being like, yep, kid, kid, kid. And she's like already constantly thinking about how we can keep growing. So I love that. I just wish I like I could clone her a couple of times. I, could <laughs> I wish that. I got it. I don't have Erin. Erin's like my little unicorn. <laughs> like, I, I totally understand. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, amazing, ladies. And you know, that just really speaks to the energy that's in real true intention right and why the answers are coming to you and you're basically manifesting it all and it's working and it's flowing and you're succeeding and you're building something really important it's not just a business it's not a way to make money it's not a job that you can have more flexibility with because i bet it's not any of those right now it's so much bigger than that it's so much bigger than that yeah well and that's kind of like been our what we've said from the very beginning, we were like, look, if we can pay the rent, if Aaron can get a paycheck, if crew can get therapy, and if these kids are making games, like that's all this has to be. Like, that's it, you know? And I've just been so thrilled because it's been kind of astounding, like how many people just still don't know about intensives. And so we've been spending so much time like educating like our community and trying to meet different people and things like that because I just want like the word to spread to these doctors and to these other therapists and, you know, just to feel like, Hey, you know what, I'm going to send this patient there. I'm going to say like, here's something that you can go to do because it's so needed. And there really are options. You don't have to wait and see. I had a patient email us the other day and she was like, I just was told to wait and see, but like, why not try and see? And I'm like, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Like try and see, like, let's go with that phrase from now on instead of wait and see. Cause it's just not there. Maybe that's what you should rename your business to next year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no need to wait and see. Okay. I love yeah. that so much. What do you need now the most? Like, do you need more therapists? Do you need more equipment? Do you need a bigger space? Yeah. I mean, I think we definitely need more therapists so we can like, you know, be able to expand our services and be able to help more kids. We're really hoping we're trying to launch um, and we've kind of got it started a uh, scholarship program so that we can help kids pay for these therapies because we know that they're expensive. So we're kind of working on some fundraising stuff for that because we just don't want, we don't want any kids' parents to have to hang up the phone and say, I can't do it. Like we can't make it work. So that's something that's really true to our hearts that we want to have launched this year just so we can be able to do that. And so, yeah, I would say that those are probably the biggest things for us right now. Great. Well, I can't wait to help get the word out about your center. I'm such a believer in intensive therapy and I love the story surrounding climb so much. And you guys are in a perfect spot in the country because there's nothing there and it's hard to get yeah. to LA and Austin and Boston. And yeah, um, I've always wanted to go to Nashville. So maybe I'll come. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> We'd love um, to work with your little cutie. <laughs> oh man. He's so cute. Yes. Okay. Well, I am just so proud of you. And I know that this is going to be very successful in all of the ways from heart and soul to having to needing more competition to let all these kids have somewhere else to go. And I'm really excited okay. for the both of you. And I hope that we can share this with all of our therapists that we love that live near you or who are looking for new jobs because intensive therapy yeah. is where it's at. And you should work here. <laughs> yes. Please Email, come. call us. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> we'll have all the links to climb in the show notes and Thank anything you. else that you guys want to share with me later. We'll put it in there. What about 
families right now? Where can they go to book, to check out your services? And do you have anything else that you that you want to leave them with? Yeah, just um, check out our website. It's climbintensive.com. All of the information about our services are there. You can read more about Erin and her skills. There are soon to be some testimonials up, but then there's also our intensive schedule that's laid out for the year. If they have any inform- like have any questions, they can call us at 615-241-2838, or they can email us straight from the website or at info at climbintensive.com. And then Erin, anything you want to? We have social media accounts on Instagram, climb underscore intensive feeds therapy. You can find us there too. Uh, Okay. I do have one more question, actually. What would you say to the parents who can't get in any of the intensive that they've been trying to and they just want to center near their home? What kind of advice would you give to someone who maybe wants to make this happen for their own kid too? Do it. Run with it. Don't stop. Figure it out. Like you just, this is a game changer and it will be life changing for your kid. Love it. I would recommend just talking to to your therapist, like maybe your therapist knows resources that you don't know about, you know, but there are hospitals that offer like day rehab programs and stuff like that. So definitely tap into your therapist and see what they know is around and available for you and your community. Yeah. And also don't let like things like insurance or stuff like that maybe stop you. We have been able to be really successful with helping people obtain like gap coverage to where maybe we're not in network with their insurance, but because we're the closest center to their home, we've been able to get coverage through their insurance. So don't always let just those first like initial things where it's like, oh, we can't afford this. Like, don't let that stop you. Like talk with us more and let us help you figure out some options. Cause a lot of times there are ways to get more services than what people just tell you on the surface. So mm-hmm. uh, it's really helpful to even like, send a message or whatever and you know talk with people that are in these different groups and stuff because that's probably like the most beneficial thing is there's always someone who has an idea that yeah getting that gap coverage has been a huge thing for a lot of our families awesome that's really good advice thanks thanks jesse thanks aaron it was so nice to meet you thank you effie (laughs) yeah i love what you're doing and i'm so happy for you thanks so much we appreciate you i hope you've been enjoying this podcast if you like what you hear please share this show with your people and please make sure to rate and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also head over to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to connect with me and stay updated on the show. If you're interested in sharing your story or if you have anything you would like to contribute, please submit it to my website at effieparks.com. Thank you so much for listening to the show and for supporting me along the way. I appreciate y'all so much. I don't know what kind of day you're having, but if you need a little pick-me-up, Ford's got you. (laughs) 